High Testosterone Catholic Radio. This is the Terry and Jesse show. This is uh, the show that where Jesus Christ is proclaimed as Lord and King, and the Blessed Virgin Mary is the Queen Mother. I'm on duty. What about you, Terry? Yes, I'm on duty, and I like when you say you're the the uh, uh, Latin, lover, Latin lover of our Lord, Lord and Savior. Sa- Jesus exactly. Christ you and the Latin lover of our lady. Yeah, you know, I don't know of anybody else on, on, on radio that says that kind of stuff. And you know why? We don't say it because we're tr- it's true. I'm the Lebanese lover of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the Lebanese lover of our lady. And we're here to help you get to heaven. Yeah. Now, are we fighting battles down here? We're going to fight them until our last breath. I'm going to tell everybody right now, your temptations will not leave you until five minutes after your death. Okay? That's how you look at it. But we've got a great show again here. I can't wait to share with you a quote from a tweet by Bishop Joseph Strickland about pro-life because we're gonna we're covering pro-life all through today. Because if you can't stand up for the unborn, you can't stand up for anyone. We're gonna talk about the California Democrats. Yeah, we'll read their pat- platform. It says it. They're pushing a bill opening the door to decriminalizing infanticide. So if someone kills a little baby on purpose or whatever, they just want to kill the baby, hey, that's okay. Well, I mean, if you can kill them in abortion, why not kill them after abortion, right? <laughs> Gosh, these people are crazy. Also, we're going to talk about a group. That he called, This is an Anglican guy, poor guy. He says the whole life movement trying to equate pro-life message and climate change, it fails miserably. Wait till you hear that one. But you, we need to have answers to these people who are trying to hoodwink us into thinking the way of the flesh and the devil. And Jess, uh, we've got much more. I just want to encourage people that there's a Hong Kong priest who's trying, who's, who's out publicly saying that China is trying to control religion in Hong Kong. Uh, it's on Raymond Arroyo's uh, show on EWTN. Listen to this priest. He's, he's very, very bold in what he's saying. And he's telling people, he's actually pleading with the Vatican to cut that deal that they cut with China. It's undermining the people on the ground. And I, I think it's, he, he's courageous in doing that, so that's why I refer people to do that. But before we get into all these topics, we always have soul food, and it's the readings from the day of the gospel. So, Jess, can you give us some soul food, please? Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. By the way, I want to remind you. Yes, T, please do. St. Saint, Saint John Chrysostom teaches, <laughs> doctor of the church, one of the 37 doctors yes. of the church. He says that when you read the gospel in your house, you open up the Bible and you read the gospels. St. John Chrysostom says, when a man does that, that action itself that pious action itself that gains you plenary uh, uh, partial indulgences wow. and a plenary indulgence if you do it for 30 minutes, that action itself drives demons away from your house. Did you hear that, man? Yep, that's important. If you read the Bible every day in your house with piety, it, you get, number one, if you do it for 20 minutes, you get a, a partial indulgence. If you do it for 30 minutes and you have the requirements of a plenary indulgence, you get a plenary indulgence. But in the spiritual world, demons, when they see the head of the house reading God's word, they flee the house. So that's how's that, Terry, to get guys to start reading the Bible? Uh, that's powerful, Jess. You got to bring that up at our men's conference coming up uh, oh, in June, bro. Oh, yeah. St. John Chrysostom, by the way, he said that. Okay. John three sixteen to 21. You've all seen this in a lot of uh, our, the sporting events. This is one 
this is probably the most, John 3, 16, is the most quoted Bible verse on planet Earth. And, that, and that's a good thing. Yep. I'm glad to see uh, people have that in football games, UFC matches, baseball, soccer. Yep. Uh, I, I, I love to see that. Uh, thanks be to God, our Protestant brothers. Again, that's one of the things that we share in common is, is God's word. That, <clears throat> of course, they borrowed it from us. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Mm-hmm. But whoever does not believe, whoever does not be- believe in him, let me say that again. Whoever believes in it will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the verdict. I like that verdict, legal language. And the light came into the world, but but people preferred darkness to light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come towards the light so that his works might not be exposed. But whoever lives the truth comes to the light so that his works may be clearly seen as done in God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let me flesh this out a little bit. Okay. For God so loved the world. The word, the word love is agape, which means total self-dovation, total sacrificial love. It's a very powerful word. Uh, look at Christ on the cross. That's agape love. It says that he gave us his, God the Father gave us his only begotten son. The word begotten means unique only one of a kind. In other words, Jesus Christ uh, shares the same nature as the Father. Second person shares the same nature as the first person of the Trinity, divinity. It says that everybody who believes in him, the word believe is the word in Greek, pisteo, which means to, uh, to trust in God, to rely on God, and to obey God. That's what the word believe means in Greek. It's also a future tense promise so that uh, so, uh, uh, believes in it might not perish, but might have eternal life. Might, might, might. That's future tense. If you believe, and that's an ongoing action, in the future you'll have eternal life upon death. Uh, the next verse where it says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. I think that's where a lot of modernists, they get stuck on that phrase, and they, they misinterpret it. Mm-hmm. They, they pour in eisegesis. They said, you see, Jesse, you see, Terry, God didn't come into the world to condemn the world. And so they they hinge on that word, to the exclusion of everything else. Of course he did not come to the world to, the world, to right. condemn the world. We get that. Yep. He came to the world that the world might be saved through him. But notice, you can't be saved apart from him. You only could be saved through him. Amen. Now, you can't, there's no other door. There's no other way to be saved. You have to be saved through the door of Jesus Christ. That's a narrow door. It also says, whoever does not believe is already being condemned. Again, uh, there are people that just reject Jesus Christ wholeheartedly, his claims to lordship and his kingship. Like, for example, uh, Muslims, uh, Jews, pagans, Buddhists, all let God deal with their heart because only God knows how much understanding or revelation they have. But I know this, that they are jumping over uh, the trap door of hell because the only door that gets you to heaven is that door that says Jesus Christ. So I don't know how God will bring about salvation to the man of goodwill outside the Catholic Church. I'll leave that to a holy God. That's his business, not my business. It says here uh, that uh, he would, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. 
And this is the verdict. L- look at the black and white language. This is why I like the New Testament. <laughs> not, not, there's not moral relativism, not 50 shades of gray, black and white. Look at this is the verdict. If you don't believe in the name of the only begotten Son of God, that's clear. Even a fourth grader can understand this. And then finally it says, but people prefer darkness to light because their works are evil. Why is it that people prefer darkness to light? Again, because of their malformation. Their, their intellect is not formed with the Word of God. It's not formed with the Catholic faith. If the intellect is malformed, deformed, misinformed, like the person in the Oval Office, guess what? Then the heart is oriented towards evil. The heart becomes hardened in evil. And the last thing I want to share says, but whoever lives the truth comes to the light. I hope and pray that it's every one of us, myself, my partner Terry Barber, I hope hope and pray that we stay on that narrow path and I hope and pray that we follow that light uh, called the gospel of Jesus Christ in our heart until our very last breath. Well said, Jess. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room. Full scene ahead. I got this quote tied into the scripture because you were just explaining that there's no salvation outside of Jesus Christ. Well, here's what Sheen says about, uh, you know, uh, about wrath, the wrath of God. A God seems wrath only to those who refuse to make use of his forgiveness. So in other words, we have free will to choose God. If we choose not for, to ask for forgiveness and we choose our own will, then in a sense, Jess, we're sending ourselves to hell. God doesn't usurp your free will. We must repent and believe in the gospel. That's as clear as it gets in the gospel. So I just say this because we have that, what you just said, an, an attitude in our, even inside the church, where everybody goes straight to heaven. I, hmm. I go, I, we do what, 20, 30 funerals a month? And wow. are you kidding me? I hear r- very rare, yeah, well, sometimes, to pray for them and, you know, the poor souls in purgatory, name them and offer your mass for them. But generally speaking, 95% of the time, the guy's in heaven. Well, we don't know that. And I think it's an injustice. I really do. To just assume that Grandma Barbara or Grandma uh, Gomez or whatever the name is, is going straight to heaven. Because the Bible says in the book of Revelation, nothing but perfect and pure will enter the kingdom of heaven. That's where purgatory comes in. And I'll leave you on this note. Do your purgatory on earth more rather it'll be easier than after you die. That's what the saints have told us. Your thoughts, Jess? Yeah, Terry. The, to say that if, when people die they go straight to heaven, <sighs> that's called the, that's called the sin of presumption. Yeah. Uh, the only person that can make that declaration is God, <laughs> exactly. like like he did like he did with Dismas on the cross. Yeah. Or the church after long long years of study they canonize somebody sure. after a long process of examining the person's life for heroic virtue. But other than that. You got to do what uh, when my parents died, everybody in the community said, oh, your mom and dad are holy. They're good Catholics. And I said, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Pray for them. Offer masses for them. Do your rosaries and divine mercy for them. They need your prayers. And I said the same thing to the priest. Father, do not canonize my parents. Mean the the former member brothers. We will all stand up and we'll tell you, stop it. (laughs) And uh, the priest did not canonize my parents. No, I was there. I'm a witness to that one. Hey, when we come back, California Democrats are pushing a bill. Opening the door to decriminalizing infanticide. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Did you know that the California Democrats are pushing a bill opening the door to decriminalizing infanticide yep 
It's Brady. exactly what I said. The uh, We're being warned by the good pro-lifers in California, uh, both Catholics and Protestants that are united on this front here. So California Democrats are racing to enact abortion protections ahead of a major Supreme Court case. Yep. They're pushing a bill that opens the door to legal infanticide. And so pro-life activists and experts told the Daily Wire, states including California, Colorado, and Connecticut are in a race to the bottom of the barrel when it comes to abortion <laughs> policy Amen. as Americans await a decision in the Dobbs and states prepare for a post-Roe future. In June. Yep. Uh, this uh, Melanie Israel, yep. she's a policy analyst uh, from the Heritage Foundation. She said that the California policymakers are seeking to make a, the state of California a so-called abortion sanctuary Dick. at the expense of unborn children and at the behest of the abortion industry, which profits from their deaths and hurts women in the process. Terry? Unbelievable. This AB 2223, which passed the Assembly Health Committee on Tuesday, states that mothers cannot be held liable for either civil or criminal penalties based on their actions or omissions connected to the parental um, death due to a pregnancy-related cause. Just before we go on, Bishop Joseph Strickland tweeted this, and I want to. This applies to the life of the unborn here, big time. You've quoted this in your book, but I don't. I, the last part of it, I, this is the first time I've heard about it. As you know, Jess and others, that some of the cells of a baby remain in the mother's body even after delivery. But here's the mm -hmm. kicker I didn't know, Jess. Research has shown that if a mother's heart is injured, fetal cells will rush to the site of the injury and change into different types of cells that specialize in mending the heart. The little baby inside the mother will help the mother when she's in trouble. But, it, you know, what we're saying here is that the mother is going to kill that baby through abortion. But that baby would actually help the mother when the mother's in trouble. This is how God designed birth, okay? And I just think it's incredible. Jess, I knew about that the mother's cells stay in the, I mean, the baby's cells stay in the mother for life. But did you know that they're out there to help mom? If mom's in trouble, those cells will come to the rescue. I find that outstanding. Yeah. Yep. I, I've, I've read that, several, that. Yeah, I read that several years ago. And it, it, you think God makes mistakes? No, God is the one that ordained it this way. Yep. So, which which demonstrates that pregnancy and motherhood is not a medical problem. It's not a disease. Right. It's actually a benefit for the the life and the health and the body of the mother. Uh, but again, these uh, uh you know, the, the, these uh, California liberal progressive Democrats, they don't care about natural law. They don't care about divine positive law. All they care about is making their benefactors happy. And again, they are, these people are steeped. And what St. John Paul II called in this mentality called the culture of death. Uh, let me share with you what California Family Council President Jonathan Keller praised Californians who traveled from all over the state this week to tell legislators yep. decriminalizing infanticide is barbaric and indefensible. A political culture that justifies killing millions of children in the womb is now declaring open season on unwanted newborns, That's right. every Californian must oppose this heinous bill. That's right. Live action President Lila Rose. What a great girl. Yep, worried to the Daily worried to the Daily Wire that quote criminals who kill children up to four weeks old 
may be able to operate with impunity in California. She called AB 2223 potentially the most destructive pro-abortion bill in the United States I want to repeat that, Jesse, because what Lila Rose just said is, let's say, let's put it in practice. You have a baby, and the baby's now four weeks old, and you go, you know what? I don't think I want this child anymore because of whatever reason. We're going to kill the baby? Do you see how far we've gone from killing the baby inside the womb to now outside the womb. there. Th- this is outrageous. And I'm in California. You're not, Jess. I mean, I'm going to fight it with everything I have because uh, I can see California. And this is, I just wrote a check to the state of California. It pained me, Jesse, knowing that my uh, income tax for the state of California is going to be killing unborn babies and, and actually bringing people from Texas or wherever state they, won't, they, they can't have it there, and we're going to pay it. That, I, find it apprehend, unhump, I find it really sad that this is actually taking place. So let's continue with what yeah. Lila Rose uh, said. This is the most destructive pro-abortion bill in the nation. Continue, Jess, the bill. Yeah, AB 223 would delete the requirement that the coroner determine the cause of violent, sudden, or unusual deaths related to self-induced or criminal abortion. Yeah. It would also delete the requirement that an un- unattended fetal death be handled as a death without medical attendance. Unbelievable. The bill would prohibit using the coroner's statements on the certificate of fetal death to establish, bring, or support a criminal prosecution or civil cause of damages against any person. That's what the legislation says. They're sick. If a, uh, Lila Rose says, if the coroner thinks that the circumstances of a fetal death were suspicious or even criminal or that the mother was being coerced, that information could not, did you hear that? Not be used by law enforcement to investigate the suspected crime. Criminals will walk free because of this Trojan horse supposedly meant to protect reproductive freedom. Towards the end of the the article, it says, Katie Glenn, Government Affairs Council at the Pro-Life Organization, United Americans United for Life warned that the amendment added to AB 2223 does not change the fact that a child could be legally killed after birth under this bill. Okay, so uh, Katie Glenn talked, uh, you know, about the the California, uh, you know, limousine liberals. uh, You know, she's basically saying that that. uh, this is exactly what they want to do. Of course, the limousine liberals are saying, no, 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 Katie Glenn, she's wrong. Uh, you know, this assertion that the, the bill is not about infanticide. That's what the limousine liberals from Sacramento are saying. Uh, but uh, Katie Glenn, she said, nothing about minor changes to the bill changes the fact that it permits the intentional death of a newborn for an undefined amount of time. And it still prevents law enforcement from investigating if they find a dead baby or risk being sued for harassment of the mother and whoever aids her, close quote. Uh, Katie Glenn, again, Government Affairs Council, noted that postpartum depression is one obvious pregnancy-related cause, but emphasized that with the phrase undefined, it could mean just about anything to anybody. Uh, She says there's no medical definition of perinatal that stops at birth. So as long as that word is included in the bill, a newborn can be legally killed and the police cannot investigate that death without opening themselves up to civil liability 
Terry, we this got, again, yeah, this, this is the this worst is diabolical. bill yeah. I've ever seen yeah. any state promote in my life. But, this is this is going to make the demons, Moloch and Baal, who we reject, rebuke and renounce in Jesus' name, it's going to make them very, very happy. Yeah, it's going to be just, and the thing about it, it's diabolical, and it's going to go to other states. You mentioned Colorado, Connecticut, and other states are going to pick up on this. This is all because of the Supreme Court decision coming out in June for the Roe versus Wade uh, situation that we can restore the rights of the unborn. They're doing everything they can to try and continue to kill babies in the womb and outside the womb. This is something just seriously, you left California years ago. I'm going to fight this to the, my, uh, to the end. Uh, I'm hoping uh, more of my Californians will just... Uh, fight it with everything they have to stop this because I can see this is California as a democratic state. I can't see it not becoming democratic, but I will say this. Your vote, you know, elections have consequences. These people who are making these decisions were elected by the people. And that's sad. That's why, why do you think Jess and I are always constantly saying, wait a minute, put your Catholic, you know, voting hat on. Don't vote because of your pocketbook. Don't vote because they get you a job. No, vote. Let's just be honest. If we are going to kill the unborn babies, then what else can they do? They can do anything. We've got to stop this. And I, I would say that if we can't stop it, this is my take. I'll say it publicly. Then if we lose, then all the good people, this, and people won't like me saying this, get the heck out of California. Take my, my wallet and uh, my income or whatever I have and leave the state because I can see this as being, uh, and I'll be honest with you, Jesse, Jesse, a civil war because we're killing our citizens by the millions. When is it going to stop? When people make make enough of a uh, of a they stop just want to stop this. We have the power to stop this by our voting and our prayers. We need to put this as top priority. Faith and reason. And uh, that's why in the Catholic Church, the yep. church is very clear. Nancy Pelosi obviously has never read the catechism 2270 because uh, you, you could you could see her on YouTube saying the church does not have oh, a defined God. position on Give abortion. Okay, 2270 quotes uh, the document, uh, the, the, the Didache, which was written around 6070 A.D., so the church has had a very defined position on abortion for 2,000 years. 2270 says, and this is for Nancy Pelosi, Human and for all uh, Catholic uh, politicians that are pro-abortion Democrats, human life must be respected and protected absolutely from the moment of conception. From the first moment of his existence, a human being must be recognized as having the rights of a person, among which is the inviolable right of every innocent being to life. Uh, And then the church also quotes the respect for the dignity of persons, the respect for the souls of others. In other words, you scandalize the younger people, right. the, uh, the, the people that are weaker in faith, when you as a politician or as a bishop are silent about this issue or a politician promotes something that's evil because younger people are saying, well, Senator so-and-so, well, Congressman so-and-so, well, Vice President so-and-so, well, President so-and-so says abortion's okay. That is causing scandal to the weaker ones. And the catechism is very clear about that in 2284 to 2287. 
Here's what it says. Scandal is an attitude or behavior which leads another to do evil. The person who gives scandal becomes his neighbor's tempter. He damages virtue and integrity. He may even draw his brother into spiritual death, mortal sin. Scandal is a grave offense if by deed or omission another is deliberately led into a grave offense. You can read again 2285, 86, and 87. If you as a Catholic politician are leading people into mortal sin by promoting mortal, mortal sin through legislation, your soul will stand before the judgment seat of Christ for those you led to hell because you lose the power of your office and the power of your pen. Well said. That's basic teaching. Hey, when we come back, we're going to talk more about the unborn. And this is about a gentleman and who was dead wrong. He's saying that the whole life movement is trying to equate pro-life message and climate change. <laughs> it fails miserably. Stay with us, family. Uh. We got to defend life in season and out. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. The whole life movement is a Trojan horse exactly. that's trying to destroy the pro-life movement through infiltration. Uh, I make no bones about it. The whole life movement is trying to equate the pro-life message and climate change. Guess right. what? The two have nothing in common. <laughs> you think? But it fails because on March 20th, the New York Times published an article, quote, how the whole life movement challenges the politics of left versus right. The colonists and an Anglican minister, Tish Harrison Warren, discussed the whole life movement. Figures it'd be, a, it'd be an Anglican. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, it's, it's more of an ideology than an official well-defined movement. The whole life movement initially appears to support the aims of pro-lifers in their defense of the unborn. The New York Times notes that among the aims of the whole life movement are opposition to abortion, euthanasia. However, the whole life movement swiftly diversifies from opposing the clear-cut moral evil of abortion to addressing the popular social justice issues of the day, such as opposition to nuclear weapons and the death penalty, along with proposing climate change policies. Uh, Harris, Harris Warren, he also, he also says that it also involves championing policies and practices such as a living wage, universal access to health care, ecological and racial justice and adoption. It's pro-life sentiments come with an agenda attached. Big Terry, this is nothing more right. than Cardinal Bernardine's right. uh, seamless garment uh, 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 theory. It's, yeah. That's been resurrected and it's been given a new name. It's Absolutely. an old heresy yeah. that's been resurrected and it's been basically reframed and retitled. Yeah, and Jesse, let's be honest. They're not even pro-life on the issue of abortion. As the article states, the whole life movement has been described as seeking purify and pro-life movements of its inconsistencies. These reports inconsistencies within the pro-life movement are found in the pro-lifers primarily concerned for the defense of the innocent unborn baby. This priority 
deemed misplaced by the whole life movement. Instead, their point is pro-lifers should be equally concerned with the denigration of the environment and other issues consistently in pro-life argue proponents. Here's the bottom line, Jess. Are you serious, man? What what planet are you living on? It's a Trojan horse. It is. They're, they're, they're trying to put guilt on us because we're not recycling our plastic bags as, as somehow that being equal with killing unborn babies. What? It says we need a better pro-life movement, one animated by the whole life principle. Are you kidding me? This is, you know, and then he says, I want to align it with, with gun control, immigration reform, with the whole life movement preview. This is just total nonsense. And I think uh, it's, I'm glad they wrote the article because it shows how desperate they are right now, Jess. Yeah, it's, uh, this is what D- Dr. Diedrich von Hildebrand, who Pope Benedict said he should actually be yeah. the, 30, the 38th doctor of the yeah, Catholic Church. Right. Uh, Dr. Diedrich von Hildebrand, he called this again the city of, uh, uh, the Trojan horse of the city of God. Yep. He, war- he warned us 40, 50 years ago about this. This is another Trojan horse by Satan using leftist politicians to try to come and obfuscate yep. the purity of the pro-life movement. Towards the bottom, or uh, it says, dangers posed by the whole life movement. I think this is well written. It says, at first glance, the whole life movement yep. might generally appear to be a useful ally to pro-lifers by its professed opposition to abortion however it is something of a trojan horse the whole life movement by its very nature seeks a common ground with pro-abortionist as as mr camasey puts it who's the leftist by the way whereas true pro-lifers seek the irrevocable end of abortion in other words the twain shall never never meet that's right indeed the leftist mr camasey appears not to wish for the ending of abortion through legislation. Describing his vision of the future relationship between pro-lifers and pro-choicers, Mr. Camasey, the leftist, wrote in 2015, attacking those he called the hardcore pro-lifers who wish to ban abortion. This is what he said. This is important. Hear this because this really says where the guy's coming from. Go ahead. The position in favor of banning all abortion is, frankly, a political (laughs) non-starter. I know. Those who have pushed this position aggressively in the public sphere have done tremendous damage to the pro-life cause. That's where he's at. Pro-lifers achieve our goals when we help focus the public debate on the overwhelming majority of abortions, most of which the public does not support. In his 2015 book, this leftist, yep. the book is called Beyond the Abortion Wars, A Way Forward for a New Generation, leftist Mr. Camasey, Yep. Propose a compromise bill called the Mother and Prenatal Child Protection Act, which would win support from, from pro-lifers and pro-choicers. In his proposed act, he defends abortion in cases of rape, incest in cases where the baby posed a mortal threat to the mother. <laughs> that breaks ranks with the Catholic Church right there, by the yep. way. He equivocates that a mother can use abortifacient drugs in a way that is better described as refusing to aid rather than killing. Again, he breaks ranks with the Catholic Church's teaching. Mm-hmm. Such an action, argues Mr. Camasey, the leftist, is in alignment with traditional Catholic moral theology. Wrong. Absolutely wrong. Yep. However, critics note his compromise is ultimately a surrender to the culture of death. That's absolutely true. Yeah. As Anne Hendershot, professor of sociology and director of the Veritas Center for Ethics and Public Life at Franciscan University of Steubenville, wrote in 2015 about Mr. Camasey's ideology. The professor wrote this, quote, 
Kamasi must know that we can never really end the abortion wars as long as the unborn children are still viewed as aggressors or invaders and can still be legally protected. Faithful Catholics know there's no middle ground on this. That's right. The pro-life side has to prevail in any war on the unborn. And I'll tell you why the pro-life side has to win. is because the pro-life side is on God's side. That's the bottom line. God is pro-life. Amen. End of discussion. Yeah. Jesse, you know what I, what I don't, the whole point of their position is they don't even, he even states it in his book. He doesn't like this idea that religion has absolutes. He doesn't like that. He says that's, that's not, you know, that's not reasonable to have absolutes, you know, life and death and, you know, the Bible. You see, he's more of a moral relativist. The whole life movement philosophy promotes a complete absence of moral values. It centers not on good and evil, but on compromises. By abiding mm. moral teachings, the whole life movement is thus able to... Give three bullets. What are the three bullets? Okay, here, number one, appear pro-life and argue against abortion while supporting abortion in many cases. Mm. Second bullet, present the conservative issue of defending innocent life in a progressive way while abandoning the moral values which are doomed to be conservative. conservative. Number three, divorce the evil of abortion from the precise teaching of good and evil and instead present it as a social issue that is not based on constant moral values and thus opening to change in a particular circumstance. It's just totally contrary to the church. What's the final statement here? Terry, like what you've always said, uh, you know, good philosophy breeds good theology. Bad philosophy breeds bad theology. That's that's true. And and so if your premise is wrong, like this guy, Camusy, if your premise is wrong, your conclusion will be wrong as well. His premise is wrong. Exactly. And, And what we're seeing here, Terry, is a classic case of what the left, the secular humanists, they're experts at euphemisms. (laughs) <laughs> they use verbal engineering. Exactly. For example, I'll give you an example. The, the left calls abortion. They never use abortion. They say reproductive rights yeah. because they know that verbal engineering That's right. leads Knight. to social engineering. Exactly. In other words, if you change the meaning of words, you can influence people to bad behavior because words mean things and words have powerful consequences. The words are so strong yep. that the word logos became flesh exactly. and dwelt amongst us. That's how powerful the spoken word is. Absolutely. And, and Jesse, just to jump in on that, Dr. Bernard Nathanson, who had the largest abortion clinic in the Western world, who converted to Catholicism and now is pro-life before he died. He was openly trying to make restitution. He pointed that out very clearly in the 1970s, late 60s when he got abortion pushed through in New York. But, you know, Jesse, faithful Catholics must be wary of attempts made to compromise with abortion advocates. As Dr. Hendershult notes, once again, there is an inherent danger posted by Mr. Camsey and the whole life movement, which must be firmly opposed. That's why we're doing this. As long as Cosme continues to claim that his writings and policy suggestions, including his newly proposed Mother of Parental Child Protection Act, are consistent with defined Catholic doctrine, faithful Catholics will have to continue to denounce them. And I like this last line. Beautiful. 
There's nothing whole about denying the difference between good and evil. They are heaven and hell apart. Well said. Terry, this book right by Mr. Camasee, this yeah. leftist yeah. promoting the whole life movement. Oh, yeah. It's a book full of misinformation. Yeah. And again, the secular humanist moral relativists, they, the, the free thinking progressive liberals, they, they want to socially engineer our society towards libertinism. That's, right. That's, That's right. the goal. Yep. And, and the way they accomplish this is by verbal engineering, is by, is by changing words. And I'll tell you one of the things about the left. They, they embrace all these, you know, pseudo-moral issues like ban smoking, environmental issues, global warming, stand up against cancer, PETA. They hold on to these issues rapidly in order to pacify their minds from the primary issues such as abortion, euthanasia, Technique. contraception, yeah. same-sex marriage, cloning. Why? It makes them feel good. It Absolutely. makes them feel good by embracing these soft, pseudo-moral issues, these social justice issues. As Dennis Prager says, the left engages in psychological masturbation with these issues. Absolutely. When we come back... Makes them feel good. Exactly. We're going to talk about a Hong Kong, Hong Kong priest who was trained by Cardinal Kung and who Cardinal Kung was trained by Cardinal Zen. Both of them suffered for the faith. Wait till you hear this. He's bold. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Normally, we have Church Militant on. They couldn't do it today. So I asked Jess about this article about the Hong Kong priest. China's trying to control religion in Hong Kong. This is a man who's probably going to die for the faith. But yep. what I said, Jesse, is what's, what's interesting is he was trained by Cardinal Zen, who's also an outspoken person. When Cardinal Zen was trained by Cardinal Kung, who spent 15 years in prison because of the communists. So it makes sense that you know who you were formed by. Like, for example, you're being formed by Father Chad Ripperger, okay? Yeah. So you're probably going to have... Uh, the same outcome that he has, good or bad, in the sense of <laughs> of, of being persecuted. Of whatever, Thanks a you know. lot. Thanks a lot, yeah, Terry. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, Fulton Sheen trained me. He trained you. In other words, you really are affected by the men who are your mentors. And that, I mean, whether in the boxing industry or police work. And so, in this case, there's a there's a priest here who's speaking out for the first time that the Chinese Communist Party is using ideological tactics such as re-education, propaganda to chip away at the freedom of religion in Hong Kong, which came under Chinese control in 1997. Now remember, the Chinese government wants all religions to basically worship uh, ch the Chinese way of living. It has nothing to do with any outside religions. Now speaking last Thursday, April 21st, Father Vincent Wu, a priest of the Diocese of Hong Kong, and I might add he's a canon lawyer, <coughs> said that, because the CCP wants to control every aspect of society, that naturally includes the practice of religion. Now, Wu said that he observed that many Christian leaders are reluctant to speak out against the CCP's actions. Guess why? For fear of being killed, detained by the authorities. Recently, he noted a Protestant pastor was detained, charged with sedition for speaking on his YouTube channel in support 
of an organization in Tenement Square. Yes, the, you know, priests and bishops are called to be prophets, right? To speak out against injustices, and he's willing to take it on the chin for Jesus. But, uh, you know, there's other Protestant ministers doing that too, but this is something that uh, should, we should be alarmed and praying for the church in China and Hong Kong because it's under tremendous persecution. And here's the bottom line, and I'll continue on the article. The bottom line is our church in Rome is saying, keep doing it. And it's, it's like we're destructing, we're, having a de- we're de- de- destroying the church with the blessing of the Holy See. I'm sorry, Jesse, but that's a fact. Yeah, uh, there's a quote. I'm going to look it up. Uh, Pope Paul VI said uh, back in the 60s mm-hmm. that the church is entering into a time of auto demolition. Yes. I'll find the exact I know. Quote. That I remember that, Jess. Uh, but uh, we're seeing it's like the church is, is eating itself, Terry. Yeah. yeah. It, uh, uh, but I'll tell you tell what, me, we, what we need right now. We find it in this in this Chinese priest. Yeah. Fulton Sheen, he said this in his book, Life in Christ. He said this. We need a Christ. Yeah who will restore moral indignation, who will make us hate evil with a passionate intensity Amen. and love goodness to a point where we can drink death like water. Guess what, Terry? Many Catholics in the Middle East, many Catholics under communist regimes, yeah. Yeah. they're drinking death like water, Terry. Yeah. You know why? Because they hate evil with a passionate intensity and they want to restore to their communist or Islamic Sharia-run countries, they got moral indignation, and they want to restore the social kingship of Christ. Many of them are praying with their lives. Let me tell you, Terry, in the next world, heaven is going to be full of many people from these countries. And I'm going to tell you, there's going to be a lack of people from Europe and and America at the rate our country's going. Well said. And Jesse, I want the people to read the article, but I met a priest in 1993 who had a cattle marking on his arm because he would not support the communist government and the Catholic faith. He was the underground church and he got caught. He went to prison and he he escaped China and he was at my house and I had him tell my kids, the little kids, his stories of how he would not uh, uh, compromise his Catholic faith. They went to him and said, you need to deny your Catholic faith to have your religion free here. No, I'm not going to do it. Then they beat him, torture him. See, this has been going on for 50 or 60 years. This isn't just happening. Those people have been under persecution. Think of this, Jesse, and I'd hate to say it. Think of a guy. We had a a young lady here in Glendora come on the air, and I interviewed her. Her mom and dad were in China. She grew up in China. They practiced their religion underground. And I had her write a letter to Pope Francis about three years ago saying, don't sign that letter with the Chinese government because they're liars. They're going to take advantage of you and all Christians in China. It's going to be the worst thing to do. She sent the letter. Guess what kind of response she got, Jess? Nothing. Wow. And she, I, I still have the, the recording of her. She pleaded with the Holy Father, don't compromise don't go don't work with the communists they're they're liars they'll do whatever they they'll say one thing and do the other you can't negotiate with them so this priest jesse is saying that they're now requiring the government that all priests have to register with the government to be able to preach and they want to see the sermon you're giving to make sure that they approve of it 
Are you kidding me? And they want to replace the scriptures with things about their president of China as being more important than Jesus Christ. And they only want people 18 years or older to go into the churches. They, they see a long-term gain here, Jess. They want to see 20 years from now, nobody practicing Christianity and everybody practicing communism. That's what they want. By the way, a very holy pope named Leo the Thirteenth oh, gave yeah. us the uh, Saint Michael the Archangel prayer, long form yep. and short form. He wrote in a document. It's called Exuente Am Ano. Mm-hmm. In the document, he took on communism. Look at the sentence that him. he said. Hundred over this about one hundred and twenty years ago. Yeah. He said, "In this way, we see the numerous, the numerous to afflict all classes of men. These." poisonous doctrines have utterly corrupted both public and private life materialism rationalism atheism socialism and communism close close quote named it pope leo the 13th named this 120 years ago and by the way probably about i don't know 70 80 years ago bella dodd yep back in the 1950s she talked about uh, that before Vatican II, she was sent by uh, Joseph Stalin, her and a bunch of other communists to, to the U.S., yep. to help infiltrate Catholic seminaries. Right. She said in 1954, in a Senate hearing or a congressional right. hearing, right. she said that at, at the, at, in the 50s, mm-hmm. there is a more than a thousand communists that have entered into the seminaries. Yep. And so people wonder why there's been such a moral collapse and a doctrinal collapse amongst the clergy and the Catholic Church. That's part of the reason. That's right. We've been infiltrated. Let's just come on. Let's just open our eyes. We've been infiltrated. But the good news, Terry, I see the generation, you know, under 50, 40, 30. Yeah. They're going back to tradition. Exactly. They're going back to what works. Yeah. They're they're going back, Terry. They're – they're rejecting the nonsense. Well, the experiments that, 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 of failure. Yeah, the, the, the 60 years of it, right. well, since the 60s. And they're seeing that it emptied the churches. And, and you're seeing, again, you know, we had a couple of weeks ago that young young men from Thomas Aquinas, Floriani, oh, all yeah. young, under 30. You have those young guys all under 30 making those documentaries called the Mass of the Ages. You look at a lot of these young <laughs> these apostolates there. Look at Church Militant. Exactly. The all people the that, yeah. Uh, again, the young people, they get it, Terry, and they've seen that making nice with the devil uh, has been to the detriment of the Catholic Church. Yeah, well said, Jess, and that's why we need to be praying for the church in China. Um, This has been going on for many, many years, and as the priest said, uh, we have to uh, continue underground with the church that uh, is being persecuted. So I'm really impressive i'm impressed with this priest because he's going at all odds he's speaking up and he's going to be a marked man but you know again uh it reminds me of of someone i interview every week bishop joseph strickland when he says terry i don't have a choice i have to proclaim christ's teachings no matter what the cost and so if they shoot me they get rid of me well whatever i'm 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 just going to be faithful and i think that that's an attitude that we need more in the church today, especially when our leaders. That's a man who understands the cost of salvation, yep. especially especially the head of a bishop. Yep. He understands 
what it takes. Uh, that's why Jesus Christ says in the Bible, he says that uh, that the kingdom of God is to those who suffer violence. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Suffering violence? What are you talking about? All the fathers of the church, they exegete that passage. I think it's in Matthew chapter 11, right. that in order to obtain the kingdom of heaven, you have to obtain it by violence. Okay, obtain or suffer by violence. What does that mean? It means a life of sacrifice, of penance and mortification. And Bishop uh, Strickland yeah. is a perfect example of a bishop that's by saying what he says, Terry, this guy's putting his head in the uh, in the French chopping block, uh, oh, so yeah. to speak. Uh, the, the last thing I want to say about communism, Terry, Tell me. is that the communist obedience is not is to nothing but the party itself it's not to any rule of law or or policy it's not to god especially it's it's to the deep state communism is the deep state every time you hear the word deep state archbishop vigano says think communism that's exactly what it is and that's exactly what our lady of fatima warned us Pray your rosary every day. Let's do the five first Saturdays throughout the year. We've got to fight back with the, with the weapons that God has given us. Remember, we fight an ancient enemy. We need ancient weapons to fight this ancient enemy. And remember, never worry about who will be offended if you speak the truth. That's what that priest said in the interview. Don't worry about it. They're going to be offended? The Chinese government, what can they do? Just kill me? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I, mean yes, I, I like that guy's attitude. We need to have the attitude of gratitude. It's welcome just about everywhere. Jess, uh, you remember, oh, first of all, I want to remind everybody, Jess is coming to Southern California in June for the men's conference. You won't want to miss it. Ruben will be there, Ruben Nava, myself. If you can register, go to vmpr.org. I think you're going to enjoy the weekend. Mom, get your husband to register for a Father's Day gift. Jesse, last thing I always ask you is what state should we be living in, brother? Boy, oh boy, that's the most important question in the Catholic faith. Please live in a state of grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Uh, As St. Peter says, save yourself from this corrupt generation. St. Padre Pio says, pray, hope, and don't worry. Worry is useless. What is needed is trust. What is needed is trust. Amen. And don't forget, Our Lady of Fatima, souls are going to hell. Yes, because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Put the golf clubs away and go do some Eucharistic adoration. Am I talking to you? Yes. I am. Do it. And we need to have souls in heaven, and you can be participating in that through your redemptive work of adoration and sacrifices. Dr. Sandoval is up next here on Virgin Most Powerful. Stay with us. <laughs> 